1: Welcome along to the Matchday edition of the Pod. Coming up, two more teams are through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Look, let's be honest, Manchester City were already through, but another 2-0 victory over Gladbach included an absolute rocket from the left foot of Kevin De Bruyne. Meanwhile, Real Madrid are through to the final eight. A comfortable, in the end, 4-1 victory over Atalanta sees them through. On the score sheet, Benzema and Ramos. Can they go old school and win it again? We'll also talk about the matches coming up to complete the round of 16 and ask Michael Bridge is why he thinks football would be better without goalkeepers. Yeah, great to have you company as always on the Gagan Pod. I'm Richard Bayless. Joining me today, our sports editor, Dave Weiner, and two legends of the game, former Sunderland teammates as well, Michael Bridges and Thomas Sorensen. What were those days like, Tommy, alongside Bridgie? Must have been pretty weird.
2: Well, he was injured most of the time. Uh, oh, true. So, uh, <laughs> hard to judge. No, but
1: no, we had some good times.
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I remember a couple of uh, important goals against uh, Sheffield United. I think you uh, knocked in a few. Uh, so, uh, and then he left us. Do, yep.
0: do you know what it is? That, that game, Steve Bruce was sent off, I retired him. It
1: could be Brighton's weekend to retire. Some other days, yeah. yes. days? No, sorry. Steve Bruce. You don't know what day, day it is. You did play for a lot of clubs, for a lot of managers, Bridgie. Let's stop the Bridgie love in Sunderland. Unlikely to be in the Champions League, probably for the next two years at least. Um, more like 22, potentially, the way they're going at the moment. Let's talk about the Champions League. Real Madrid, once again, are through to the Final Eight. That in itself, Dave, isn't an almighty shock. I guess the biggest shock from their victory over Atalanta is how easy they did it in the end. A little disappointingly, we didn't get the high scoring affairs over the two legs, but with Ramos and Benzema back. They are a factor. Yeah, they are. That was
3: professional today. The, look, it's the first time since they won it that they've been past this stage of the competition. So it was an important uh, bogey for them to get past. And look, the send-off in the first game turned what was a highly anticipated tie uh, on its head really. And look, Atalanta, if they had a jagged an early goal today, that first half of an hour, they came, out, uh, they came out hard. They came out with a, a lot of intent, but it was all undone by a Goalkeeping error and against two players of world
1: class quality who are going to punish you. Yeah, well how about that? Thomas Gasparini gets a lot of credit for the football Atalanta play. He makes that call, brings in Sports Yellow into goal, and after a good positive opening to the game, he just gives the ball to Luka Modric. It's one nil Real Madrid.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he's trying. It's not a side foot shank, uh, trying to find a player further up the field and totally misjudged it. Uh, you know, to be fair, Modric, you, you mentioned it, had a lot to do. He had to control it. Uh, but he's a world-class player. Takes a touch uh, down and uh, crosses it to to Benzema, and you know we know what happens after that. And uh, that was game over, really.
0: It wasn't the only goalkeeping mistake this morning by him. He got caught out near post as well.
2: Yeah, as you said, uh, not a great uh, choice uh, from Gasparini, um, you know, in this game for sure.
0: This is going to be a great podcast. It's going to be Sledge the
1: goalkeeper there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we've got two of them on the podcast, uh, both of them towering over us, Bridgie, as we often see uh, a couple of seven foot uh, giants in the podcast studio. Of course, of Dave Weiner. Well, Dave Weiner and uh, Thomas Sorensen for those uh, playing at home. In terms of Real Madrid, I mean, you love Benzema, Bridgie. He's the fifth player ever to score 70 goals in the competition. Let's not go down the path of him being underrated because we know that's the case with him. Not too many people understand the impact he has.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the thing. He, he, I wouldn't say he's underrated. He, he just flies under the radar. But the quality that he brings, you know, you don't win that many matches and that many trophies. And you don't score that many goals if you are not a world-class player. And he... He's always in the right place at the right time, but you never see him getting the glitz and glamour of mm. all your strikers, like you know, Rooney and Lewandowski and who, who oh, De Bruyne. Everybody that speak about that score and goals, he just says, oh, it's Benzema. He's just doing what he does naturally. And, you know, that's why he's in them. What I liked about Real Madrid today with that Ramos, Modric, Benzema, all the way down the middle and Cruz as well, they've got a very, very good spine. And when you've got players... Um, in the in the wide areas, that can do unbelievable things, like we saw Vinicius do. Well, he I mean, almost yeah, he it, took on the whole team he and never scored a goal. He did everything but score. I think from his own half,
1: he took on the ball and, and just, beat four or
0: five. Just players. a joy to watch. So people like Benzema have got legs, in around them, they're gonna they're gonna perform. And
1: Real Madrid could shock a, two, a few teams in the draw. It's what I was going to ask, Dave. I mean, are they? in the same conversation as Bayern Munich and Manchester City. And looking further ahead, I mean, Benzema, it's pretty rare that number nines are linked with Real Madrid mm-hmm. with any kind of gusto. I wonder whether we're seeing that kind of the end of Benzema's time, and this might be the last yeah. opportunity for him and Ramos to do it.
3: Well, well, for Ramos, who actually, since we've got off air, I've read that in his post-game comments he said, contract extensions still up in the air. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he doesn't know his short-term future Real Madrid either. Uh, first part of that question, where are they? as the guys alluded to on the couch, they're that rung below City and Bayern, but the history, pedigree, spine, a coach and a spine that knows how to win this on their day, you cannot rule them out. They always rise to the occasion. The Benzema thing, I just want to ask one more of these guys uh, about that because um, to add to your... Comments, Bridgie? He has scored in 16 Champions League seasons. He scored in every season of the Champions League since 2005-06. That is a guy who is just so reliable. Um, he was captain at the end today, which I thought was quite symbolic. But what I think sums up Benzema is before this game, what did he have to answer questions about? Harlan and Ronaldo coming back. And that sums it up. Maybe he's not underrated, but he's definitely underappreciated.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for sure. Um, but he was fairly... Blonde about it and said yeah you know if Harlem comes is a fair play and uh, but I think there's a cloud hanging over him a little bit with everything that's gone on in France and and with the national team uh, and that's probably why he's not because you don't see him at you know the World Cups and the European Championships uh, of late and uh, and and that's why people I think sometimes forget about him a little bit that's probably why he can still perform because he's not playing for them national level and he's he's,
0: he's
1: getting himself fresh again So Sergio Ramos from the penalty spot. Vinicius Jr., who took on everyone, like we said. He won the penalty. Ramos made it 2-0. Muriel had a really nice free kick to make it 2-1 to Atalanta, but no sooner were we looking up and going, oh, that's interesting. Oh, no, it isn't, because Asensio scored to make it 3-1, and that was pretty much the end of the tie. Uh, What do you two guys think, Tommy and, and Bridgie? Would you consider Real Madrid just by default, given the fact that they are Real Madrid being in the final eight? You have to factor them in, or do you think they're... They're just going to be that step behind the, the big dogs.
2: Yeah, I agree with, with Dave on this one. I yeah. think they are just that step behind. I yeah. think, you know, had Hazard been in in, in great form, uh, you know, they, they just would playing. have had, Yeah, just yeah, playing. <laughs> but again, to win the Champions League, you need him at the highest level. And I was and just looking in and around the team. Vinicius, we talked about him today, but he's just not scoring goals. He does a lot, but a lot of it hinges on, on Benzema and, and what he does... And I, I just I just see too many f- cracks in there that, that that you know when you when you measure them against Man City and Bayern who look like complete teams, I don't have the same feel with uh, no. with Real Madrid.
0: Got to agree, and I do the the bench situation. When I look at the dynamics in the squad depth, Real Madrid come nowhere close to Manchester City or Bayern Munich in that respect. So I think going forward, they
3: could be hurt by suspensions or injuries. The other two teams won't. And you know what? Vinicius, who was a delight to watch today, that sums up where he's not the finished product yet. He's only 20 years old. Um, I think he's only got three goals in the league this year. Um, And I look at what we saw. We're going to talk about City in a second. We talk about their options. Tomorrow, we're going to see Bayern with Sane, Koeman, Gnabry, etc., etc., supplying Lewandowski. And you look at Vazquez, Asensio, Vinicius, Rodrigo, against an Atalanta or maybe a team just of that calibre in, in Spain, it's really exciting. You can get excited about that. But is it at the Madrid Champions League historic proportions level? Galacticos, Galacticos no. it's not. No Plus Eden Hazard, no who like, cannot play five minutes without getting injured. So I think that's the difference. Really nice to watch today. Vinicius was so nice to watch. But it's not Leroy San and Gnabry, etc.
1: I like the fact you're getting excited about Lucas Vazquez because he's been linked with Leeds United. So, yep, there you go. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, it'd be okay. Oof. Oof, indeed. Anyway, uh, what are we? uh, Eight minutes and eight seconds into the podcast (laughs) and we've got Leeds United mentioned once again. A little bit slow. Uh, Apologies for that, Leeds fans. So, Real Madrid go into the final eight. Atalanta, disappointingly, is it? I'm not so sure. It's a decent enough season for them. They're not going to win Serie A, that's for sure. They're into the final 16 of the Champions League. That's where their run ends. They couldn't make the quarters as they did last campaign in their first time out in the other game. Manchester City are through. We pretty much knew they would be after a 2-0 triumph in the first leg in Budapest against Borussia Mönchengladbach. They did the same thing, and it could have been a whole heap heavier, Bridgie. Speaking of heavy, though, how's Kevin De Bruyne's left foot? I blame the goalkeeper, Sommer. I oh, thought stop he it. was
0: terrible. His positioning. <laughs> he couldn't get his hand behind it. <laughs> no, what a, what a player. And it's just great to see the technique that De Bruyne managed to let the ball roll across his body the timing to get the um, his foot planted, and then there was hardly any backlift in the shot. And it's so hard to generate that kind of power without actually striking through the ball and following through with your body momentum. Just a beautiful play, and that was on his weaker foot. So
1: you know, God help us all <laughs> playing against them. Absolutely. I mean, you described it in the post-game show about how difficult it is when the ball's coming across yeah. from that side to hit it with, you know, the opposite foot. If you normally like- end up standing on the ball. Some of us <laughs> have done that in
0: training many a time. Yeah, it or ending a, up in a moon boot. It is a tough technique to do, uh, and that he just made it look effortless. And all right, I've had to go at summer just to wind Tommy up there, but it, it, there's nothing he could do about it. The power, it was still generating power as it hit the back of the net. That is how hard hit that ball.
1: So he. Puts them ahead 15 minutes. A few minutes later, Gunduan makes it 2-0. Bridgie's been going on about Phil Foden all day, Thomas. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about how good Foden is. He picked the ball up in his own half, created the goal, ran at the defence, no look pass, through to Gunduan. Too easy. It looked easy. Um, but, you know, we know how
2: hard it is. And, and you know, just the whole build up a whole build-up from a ball pass from the centre half. He gets sort of beyond the midfield player and and just his first touch, how he he takes the ball forward. So he actually sort of semi-turns in one movement and then just the speed from there. He runs, you know, he outruns the whole midfield of Gladbach uh, and then sucks a defender in. And just as he does... A perfectly timed pass to to Gundogan. But he's not even looking yeah, at the pass. Look. He's nah, looking it, left and he passes right. It's yeah, brilliant. The, the, it's it's a fantastic uh, bit of movement, skill, timing, uh, everything, and 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 you can just see how well he fits in. You know, he, you know, he's on the left. He's in the middle. He's there. He was actually in a sixth position when he then started the attack. You know, he's just a player that seems to just. Develop all the time. You know what I'm going to love? Seeing him do the quadruple with
0: Man City and then get the fifth title in the Euros for England. It's going to be magnificent, yeah. Oh,
1: Jesus.
3: Where does he <laughs> play for England, by the way, Bridgie? And I'm t- I've just been thinking about this almost in like a fantasy land sense and I'm starting to think actually, because we know he's come through the school of Guardiola. I mean, Jesus, ridden him hard and yeah. he's come through and you mentioned on the show afterwards his work off the ball. But does he play in England's front three? Does Southgate change the formation? The, he actually takes the, Sterling's place for club and country. The joy of a Phil
0: Foden is he can play in that front line and he can play in that midfield line and the I think the luxury that England I'm a big Grealish fan as well. He is so exciting to watch. Phil Foden is, Madison, I would say, would probably be third in the pecking order between them boys, um, for me, in that midfield. So Foden first, then the other two. Yeah, Yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, Foden. Because of, like you say, the understudy of Silva, being under Guardiola, and just being able to adapt to wherever he wants to play, it's how Southgate can manage him and keep him him in the right shape.
1: Am I unfair in saying that I'm a little disappointed that City only won 4-0 on aggregate? I mean, Gladbach... Have nothing. They had nothing over the two legs. Their form's gone out the window. Their manager, Marco Rosa, is off to Dortmund, so they've kind of put the queue in the rack. It was just annoying, I guess, from a neutral's perspective that we didn't see City really with that bravado, Thomas, you know, going on with it, winning 3-4-5-0 in this one. They could have. They had some opportunities, but they never really seemed like they needed or wanted to either.
2: No, they, they, they went through the motions, and I think Guardiola said it afterwards as well. You know, it was a professional performance. Um, you know, they did what they had to do. You know the players put in a good shift. They were solid at the back. Edison had a you know a couple of saves, but other than that, Gladbach didn't threaten. You know, Morris Morris um, could have had a hat trick. Yeah, in the last we, we talked minutes. about. It. He had a couple where he caught in and you know tried to find the the far corner, but uh, was just off target. And and that was probably you could sort of just sense that it was a game. They knew they were through. Didn't have to do that much more, and that sometimes just takes that little edge off that uh, you would have had in a in a tight game. You
0: no, know, it's quite funny. Of when we were watching the highlights of Morez's chances, I didn't think we I didn't go into it enough. And you see the defenders, the fullbacks, they're almost showing him the line on his right foot. They do not want him to cut inside, and it, it's quite obvious they've got to show him the line on his right. And somehow he still it doesn't matter. He still manages to chop inside, open the goal up and missed the target on this occasion. But, it, it, you know, show him the line, show him the line. Well, I, actually,
3: boss, I can't. He's that good. Do you know what it reminded me of today without the finishing? Just that package was Iron Robin. It, it, yes. was, it was the good same. Un, like, unplayable. The only difference was when Robin t- cut in, you knew exactly where the was to go, and it's the top so corner.
0: <laughs> he got his leads team in. You just managed to get your man, Robin, from Chelsea. Yep, yeah, I, I beat go. him on that one. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
1: I wonder how much of the inspirational motivation for Riyad Mahrez was having Mark Schwartzer come out on the Two Reds podcast <laughs> and saying that he was always the player late to training at uh, Leicester training as well. You could see he had a, a point to prove. Pity he didn't <laughs> score. He put that out actually
0: on there, just saying tell us the player that was always the late player too, and I typed in Mark Verduka. He was exactly the same. Verduka lived close to the training ground. He was just a lazy, lazy man. Um, the last man in and the first one to leave. Didn't matter though, did it? No, it didn't because he took my position. <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't he used to turn up in, in like jeans and stuff and jump over the fence? Yeah, that was the best ever. We had, we'd had
0: a, had a game on a Saturday and we had a cool-down session on the Sunday morning. All the lads are changed. They're in there. We're chatting about what we did last night when we'd had a few drinks. Celebrating the victory. We're coming for a cool-down. O'Leary loved the boys having a chat. We're all in the training park and then all of a sudden, uh, here it comes. Vadooks in his Mercedes. Pulls up right next to the fence. Doesn't even have to go and get changed into his Leeds kit, by the way. Jeans and a shirt on. Hops the fence. Does two laps with the boys. See you later boys I'm off and the manager let him do it and we're like is he taking the piss or what how does he get away with it he's the big man he can do what he wants
1: yep he could indeed moving on to Thursday morning's final games in the round of 16 the second leg between Chelsea and Atletico Madrid evenly poised Chelsea 1-0 on aggregate in the other one Bayern Munich 4-1 up over Lazio let's talk about Stanford Bridge first of all the first game in England by the way Dave, across the round of 16, they've all been in neutral venues or away from home, so Mark Schwartzer will be there for us. He's starred in this fixture in years gone past in the Champions League. What awaits us tomorrow? Thomas Tuchel's 13th game in charge still unbeaten. If there's more than
3: two goals in this game, I'd be absolutely shocked. Uh, it's, it's going to be tight, it's going to be tense, and what fascinates me is when Diego Simeone plans to just go for it because I was surprised how far regressive he was in the first leg I knew he would be no shots on target at home by the yeah, way yeah I knew he would be defensive I just thought given their form at the time which has now tailed off even further since that game by the way um, that he would have a little bit more of a crack didn't they come to Sanford Bridge with Olivier Giroud's goal the advantage I think given the way Chelsea have played, 10 clean sheets and 12 under Tuchel, where they don't look like losing, they look so solid, I don't think he could ask for anything more going into this game because at Olivier Giroud, they don't have to chase it. Or
1: well, remember last year against Liverpool, Atletico started defensive, you thought, oh, Liverpool are going to win this by a mile. And in the end, it just gradually turned over time and when the pressure sort of intensified on the Reds, that's when... Simeone mm. struck, wasn't it, Marcus? Fiorenti on that occasion. I wonder though, with Tuchel's record at home, we spoke about it briefly on the game. Dave mentioned it there, and by the way, gents, not having a great day in talking up these games. I said to Thomas Sorensen this morning, "Oh, Man City Gladbach should be interesting." He's well, not really. I think the other one will be. I was but, right uh, though. I was right. <laughs> yeah, you. Were, in hindsight, you were right. And then Dave Weiner on here just saying, "Well, there won't really be any goals between Chelsea and Atletico." It'll be it will be exciting. It'll be oh, yeah, thanks. It'll be no, don't, don't backtrack now. Uh, but anyway, I uh, digress on that you have to appreciate though the fact that chelsea defensively yeah brilliant they're they're fantastic and they've really got themselves sorted under tuchel but going forward there's something not quite clicking and maybe it's the fact that he's got pep guardiola-esque levels of depth up front but something needs to turn if they're to win your sense thomas win the champions league that is
2: yeah Uh, i think that's where where they're lacking because I i think they did a tremendous job down in in madrid uh you know those transition moments uh they just shot atletico down and and they'll do the same again uh tomorrow if they sit back but you know habits you you see bright moments you know he's you know maybe turning the corner uh Werner got a got a goal um you know Giroud. you know what he's going to give them but i think he's just searching for for that the right combination and just get the players in sync consistency yeah and, and they're not quite there yet if they get that right uh, you know they'll definitely be a force uh, but I don't think it'll be this year's Champions League potentially I think uh, next year there'll be a bit bigger force um. do you know the battle I'm looking forward to seeing in this game can involve
0: Trippier and someone. The battle no. between Mark <laughs> Schweitzer and the elements, P- possibly, or potentially, definitely that he'll have an icicle off his nose. Um, is Rudiger against Suarez? Because in the yeah. last game, Shout. Suarez was he was just winding him up, something rotten. And then when the ball went out, we just saw him grab the back of Rudiger's leg, give him a nice little twist and a twee a squeeze and that that hurts by the way behind the knee if you get a chance to give yourself a pinch behind the knee it hurts he knew what he was doing Rudiger reacted them two were at it all game I think there's going to be a kicking match here he gets involved
1: Rudiger doesn't he in the Leeds game as well he was involved in every little scuffle there was
3: He's even involved in, uh, I think, one of the most famous moments of Alka, which is when he was trying to get Mark Schwarzer to hurry up after the Europa League final with when he was Asper having Likweta. a chat
1: with yeah, I don't think there's a great deal of love loss between Mark Schwarzer and Antonio Rüdiger. Let's see what their battle's like tomorrow on yeah. the, the sideline. In the other game, we did mention the fact that Bayern Munich 4-1 winners over Lazio. They just did it with ease, particularly in that first half of the first leg. So you're going into this one, you're in charge of Lazio, you're in Zagi, you're looking at it and going, what do we want to achieve from this? Do they go and Still hope and believe that they can win it. Is it about saving face? Because let's be honest, Thomas, they're not going through. Uh, no,
2: I don't think they they will. Um, you know, again, it's the Champions League. You, you, you got a, you know, you got to put out a, a good performance. You can't just go there and say, "Oh, we'll play play some youngsters and and get out of there." You know, they again, there's a lot of prestige. Um, so I'm sure he'll feel a good team. He'll let it run for potentially 45 to an hour, uh, and then I think he'll look, then start look. Uh, looking at the weekend and um and, and try to build from there because um you know that this will be their last uh, game in the champions thought, league for sure. Well I thought year. last
0: year's goalkeeping that game was horrendous yet again. Pepe Reina, He just didn't look good.
1: No fair f- comment? Physically um, in terms of looks, attractiveness. When
0: you're coming up against a, a powerhouse of Bayern Munich, I'm just saying everything about him Rich. Physically, <laughs> technically he didn't he looked he looked out his depth. Well he was fairly busy. Um you're not real... I'm
2: a goalkeeping
0: expert. That's right, yes. <laughs> I told
2: you it was going to be hammer the goalkeeper,
0: sure. I've hammered every, every match and how, that's what it
1: was. How much better would football be if there were no goalkeepers, do you think, Bridgie? Oh, we need them. There They're uh, a special, oh, there are special no. kind of people. Oh, okay. They're okay. special. All right. Yeah. change of tune. No problem. <laughs> <Special>. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have two of them on the Gagan pod today. Uh, let's wrap it up. That's uh, tomorrow morning's games. Uh, a reminder, if you're watching uh, the games in Australia, if you're listening to us in Australia, at 6.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time is when the pregame show gets underway. We'll preview both games. Mark Schwartz, as I said, will be live pitch side at Stamford Bridge. I know he's excited because he's not been able to travel to a lot of the games because of the COVID restrictions. So he'll be keen to, I guess, look forward to a game that he's played in in the Champions League level, Atletico Madrid against Chelsea. Just before I let you guys go, I thought we'd do something different because we've been doing a live dead. Uh, when it comes to the knockouts. I think Man City are through, and also I'm pretty sure that Real Madrid will be in the final eight. But I want to know from you guys, how many trophies do you think Manchester City will win this season? They're 14 points clear in the league. They've got Everton in the FA Cup this weekend, a League Cup final against Tottenham, which you might as well mark up for them as a win. And of course, they're into the last eight of the Champions League. I'm going to start with you, Dave.
3: I think we've spoken about the quadruple every year under Guardiola until a certain point. I loved how he smacked down Zinchenko before this game. That's, he has to do that because we're going to talk about it up until they get knocked out of one of these cups. Because oh. Zinchenko was saying, yeah, we'll win all yeah, why four. Why not? Why yeah. not? I think three. I don't know which. Why three? Why not four? Maybe because four is just so impossible. But can they do it? Yes, they can. But I'm going to go three. Reggie? I'm going to join,
0: Dave. I'm going to say the three because I've got Bayern Munich to win the Champions League. So. So they, okay, so they
1: win everything domestically and yes. Bayern Champions Bayern 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 League, Champions League no, I
3: actually think Champions League and they might drop one of the cups.
1: Oh, okay. There you go.
2: I'm going to go uh, with uh, you know, the Russian. Uh, I think uh, they have a lot of confidence for a reason. you know, They've got a full squad, um, and, and I think that's going to make the difference. I think they've got enough players to win all four, and uh, that's my tip. And you think they will?
0: I wow. Think, I hope they don't, because I said on our show that they cannot win it without a striker. They need a proper number nine when Aguero is out, and they've gone on to do unbelievable things without him.
1: Bridgie, it won't be the first or the last time you've I know been wrong. The you will put it on repeat, Rich. That's why I'm upset. Who
3: needs a striker when you've got six midfielders who can
1: all score as many as any striker in the world? Exactly right. They're in such a good position, and also, you know, let's be honest. The draw it means a lot now, doesn't it? I mean, we have one more draw in the Champions League for the quarterfinal stage. If it's Bayern against Man City, that'll be such a shame, won't it? But it could absolutely happen. So let's see how the draw plays out. Money Manchester United did the treble yeah Manchester
0: City they need no more incentive than for Pep and his boys to say you know let's go and be the
3: kings of this town. Can I just ask what, like, one last question is how can Pep bottle it from here and I'm not saying bottle it as in not winning is, is bottling it but in the lead up just say they get a Porto or they get a Dortmund like he's had
0: What did Leon. we question last season when they got knocked out?
1: He's Overthinking it. He's Overthinking it. Things, all
0: the playing to the that opponents correct it, do you think he's got no. it so
3: solid now will he do it again no
0: he won't I think he's
1: learned definitely learned yep you okay. heard it here first they're out in the next round <laughs> <laughs> by, by playing no goalkeepers uh, Michael Bridges uh, alright guys we're out of time uh, great to have your company as always on the match day edition of the Gagan Pod we'll be back after the final two round of 16 second legs Atletico away at Stanford Bridge against Chelsea and Bayern Munich 400 goals ahead of Lazio in their second leg uh, Thomas Sorensen Michael Bridges and Dave Wiener it's always a pleasure with you guys and few listeners out there between now and the next Gagan Pod enjoy your football